0: Whoa, whoa,
1: whoa. That ain't no Hawaiian music right there. What? Play me some Hawaiian music.
0: All right, all right. We'll change it. How's that? Dear him.
1: Music to my ears. Ah, kahino, ah, Sing it, kaho.
0: Can you translate that? <laughs> Woo.
1: But I'm just loving it, living it up, Hawaiian
0: style. All right. <laughs> Welcome, brother Quentin, to the podcast. I don't even want to attempt to say your last name. Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Two Peas on a Pod podcast. This is your host, Austin Griffiths. We are here today with a friend of mine. We are sitting here in Cincinnati, Ohio with Brother Quentin. Best city in the world. (laughs) Brother Quentin S. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to insult you by trying to pronounce it. Well, it's
1: pronounced Seumanutafa. Go ahead and write that on the top of the corner of your paper for your homework. Eventually, you'll learn how to spell that name
0: yeah get the whole alphabet on one name. Well, it's good to have you on the podcast today. Be here. We got a slight ice maker sound in the background, little AC in the background, but we'll get through it. We're gonna interview Brother Quentin today on some personal testimony. He was born and raised in Hawaii and now he's came over to Ohio, Indiana area the last couple years. and uh, so I guess we just came out of camp meeting. Great camp meeting. great camp meeting
1: great camp meeting
0: (laughs) there you go Yep, we had a great camp meeting right here at pht in uh cincinnati ohio wonderful wonderful time brother neil bridges in the morning phenomenal speaker and brother john brock and his family in the night killer preaching Um, they was just uh done an amazing job it was just an amazing camp meeting all around the food was great i had me some hawaiian food was that wednesday morning That was some good stuff. That was good. Hey, listen,
1: for all you podcast listeners listening right now, I might be using some Hawaiian vernacular, so just go ahead and pray before you listen so the Holy Spirit can give you some interpretations of the words that I'm using. (laughs) So forgive me. I've been living here for three years, and I still speak as if I'm from Hawaii,
0: and um, yes, it is English. (laughs) (laughs) So we had some good Hawaii food. And it was good Yeah and you We've been acquainted with y'all for several years now You've preached for our home church a couple times yeah, It was an honor That's where the talented Zach and Kelly is from Yes And um, so when we was there I
1: didn't want to sing Because of the talent that's there I wasn't afraid of the anointing I love anointing
0: But talented people whoo. Well for our listeners I will say Brother Quentin is an amazing singer And guitar player well, Kelly loves to hear you play the guitar As
1: preachers You're a preacher I'm a preacher we have to call things that are not as though they are. You know, that's, that's the ability we have, speaking and calling things into existence. So, yeah, you can call me a
0: great singer, like how I can call you handsome. <laughs> Fist bump. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Anyways. So when, when did you move to Ohio? We left 2019, 2019. August of 2019 in the fall and um,
1: came here to a different land. Yep. You know what is amazing, though? People pray, and God sends them overseas. I thank God that my overseas are still in America. Whoop, whoop.
0: <laughs> Praise God for that. So you came, and you've been traveling around, preaching around, evangelizing around for several years now. Trying our best to we'll do our best and be like the host of this show. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to back up. We're going to go in reverse. We're going to back up all the way to you was born and raised in Hawaii. Now, Ooh. I've never been there. My wife has. But I've never been there. So I'm completely... Um, I don't know anything. Listen, if you guys
1: have any idea of what Hawaii might look like, the palm trees, the crystal blue ocean and all of that, I must admit, it's even greater than what your imagination can bring. What makes Hawaii even great is not just the views and the scenes that you can see traveling around the island, but
0: I think Hawaii is home to the best people in the world. Yeah. I'd love to go, but trying to get seven plane tickets to go <laughs> <laughs> would be kind of rough. But I really, that's one thing on my bucket list As I told my wife, I said, when the kids get a little older to where they're not little tiny babies on an airplane, maybe five, four or five years down the road, I definitely want to do that. Hey, listen, I live my life with strategy. You have to have a strategy for
1: do everything in life. So here, here, here's how it would work for you. Family of seven, you leave five of them home with the grandparents. <laughs> then now... Tickets for two seems a lot more cheaper.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is a possibility. But I'm pretty sure your,
1: your parents and your in-laws would love to watch all five of them.
0: All five of them. <laughs> that is a possibility, but the idea of going to Hawaii probably going to be my first and last time, possibly. I don't know. But that would be something the kids would probably love to see. They would. And then probably you would have to move there <laughs> because you would love it. Everything about it is great except the price. Except the price.
1: Except the price. Everything there is expensive.
0: So born and raised in Hawaii, where whereabouts?
1: It's in a small little town
0: on the northeast side of the island of Oahu. You find a small town called Haula. <laughs> so how far is that from where everybody would know Honolulu? <laughs> Waikiki Beach and Pearl Harbor is what Oahu would be known for. So we're about an hour
1: away on the opposite side of the island. Okay. So where we live, I think... I always try to share with people, if you ever played the game Monopoly, Haula would be the red and yellow areas on the board. Not the cheapest, but not the most expensive, but definitely a place where you want to reside in.
0: huh. That's Haula. That's a pretty good selection of board. Yeah. Especially the red ones. I like the red ones. Me too. Seems like you get the yellow ones and nobody hits them. I don't know why it is, but nobody ever hits the yellow <laughs> nobody ones. Nobody
1: hits Boardwalk. So don't ever purchase Boardwalk.
0: <laughs> yep, that is true. So you was born raised there so tell us anything you want to tell us about your family and about when you got saved and anything you want to say well for me up, up to that yeah
1: Born and raised on that island I was uh, come from a family of a lot of sin I guess you could say. I don't have any lineage like you would have or many of the preachers you find now preaching around this great nation and world. I don't have family that loved the Lord or was in the church. I had one auntie who was there, and she would take us to all of these children events that our church would hold in Haula. Events like vacation Bible school. Uh And this church, they don't celebrate Halloween. Now, I used to love Halloween because of the candy. But my auntie would take us to this event called Hallelujah Night. They would change the name on October 31st. Our church was the only church that I remember when I was young. They would pray for rain, so nobody can go trick or treating. Then everybody to would, that in America. and everybody would come to the church because the tents would be up and everything would be free. And while you get handed out candies, this event you could win the whole box of candy. I'm talking about the whole thirty box full of full candy bars. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Manty would take us through that when we was young. So I I can recall back in 2002 i was about i don't know how, I, how old i was but that's when she died and when she died and here is how my really how things started oh if i could use the farming term my gestation i guess started for growing my life the lord we have this event called ho'oponopono in the hawaiian family ho'oponopono is when when there is ought or wrong in the family you would sit down and you would hash it out and then when you leave the room or leave the meeting, you do not take what your anger was or what your, bitter, your bitterness was out. You leave it there in the meeting. Ho'oponopono, you make right. So she was dying of cancer. Cancer came back the third time in her life. She's, she's laying down on the bed in the hospital room. Wires all over her body. And I can recall this still clear as day. This is something that has very etched a vision in my life until the day I die. But anyway, she's in the room. She's crying while all over her body. And she's trying to sit up on the bed. And she's looking at all of us. And the first thing she says, and I can be verbatim because it's forever etched in my memory. She said, I ain't crying because of my sickness. She said, I'm crying because I know where you're going when you die. And our, our whole family except her, seriously, was devils. We did every sin that you can think of under the sun. So when... When Paul quotes things like he was the chiefest of sinners, I think we was related. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, one by one, she started to make right with our family, this whole upono pono session, and she started with the oldest. I'm the youngest of three boys, so my brother is the oldest on both sides of our families. And she went down the line, and she started saying, I showed you Jesus, love Jesus, and all the way down to the last one. But I remember when she got to me, when it was my turn she was talking to. she said, all I'm asking... I'm not asking you to quit drinking, doing drugs, or whatever you're doing. She said, if the doors of the church is open, just go church. And she died February, January 28, 2002. I found myself in the church as a young man on my own accord, Super Bowl Sunday. I remember this (laughs) very clearly because I was drunk out of my mind. Super Bowl Sunday in church. I was in church not because I love God or oh Jesus or oh the Holy Spirit. I was there because I love her. My auntie was a huge inspiration in my life so when she died I held her words close to my heart. I didn't quit drinking, I didn't quit smoking, I didn't quit doing drugs. But if the doors of the church was open, I honored her word and I went to church. So, so Sunday, that church,
0: does that church have walls and doors? It seems like I've seen a picture one time where it was pretty open.
1: Yeah, now now it is. But before it was, uh, we, we started to renovate the church, that's why. So it's okay. still on the reno- re- renovation. But yeah, had walls and doors. And I went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and our midweek service was Wednesday. And I was there faithful as a sinner, not because I love God, but because I love my auntie. She was everything to me. And I remember three months in going faithfully, mind you, faithfully as a sinner, Not because, again, of what I said. But I remember one day I was sitting in the back of the pew, the last pew in the church, because we all know that's where the sinners sit. (laughs) And a service was going on, and the spirit fell somewhere, somehow. And uh, my body started reacting in a way that was uh, weird for me. And um, Hawaii men, there's something about Hawaii men. Men don't show their emotions. So when people cry, they usually cry when nobody can see. So here my I ducking behind the pew. <laughs> I'm on my hands and knees behind the pew hiding because my body was just sobbing for no reason. And I was trying to get a grip. I was like, get it together, big boy. <laughs> You're stronger than this. So I'm hiding behind the pew. And here comes this small petite woman tries to pull me up and take me to the front of the church. So she was tugging on my hand. And I mind you, picture me. If you guys ever see how I look, I ain't small. So I'm on my hands and knees and she's tugging on my arm. So I turn back and I look at her and I use some worldly language to tell her to leave me alone. But oh, if you, if you know who she was, she was a persistent, stubborn woman. And she kept on pulling me and pulling me. So eventually, I got off the ground. I ended up in the front of the church and everybody went stop for prayer for me. Now mind you, I've been coming to this church. Nobody said anything to me. And I didn't say anything to them. So when I finally got to the front of the church, it, it, it took some um, getting used to because everybody came for prayer for me. And I didn't like that at all because now I became the center of attention. But as they was praying, my body started shaking and I started to utter words that I, I never knew I could put into a sentence. Words like, Lord, take this taste from my mouth. And I remember that. And He did. And this was in 2022, I mean, 20, 2002, where he, where he did this for me. So anyway, fast forward, uh, 2003, I have an uh, um, opportunity to go to Florida for music. They needed a musician for a Polynesian Review show that they had in Fort Lauderdale. And uh, I was cast to be a musician there. So I was, in, I was saved. The Lord delivered me from drinking, smoking, and all of that. I was in the church for about a year and a half, moved to Florida in 2003, been there for three years, And that's when my life went haywire, man, in in Florida. Young convert living in Florida without friends and family. Church different. People different. Everybody different. Culture different. And I just couldn't get used to it. And they ended up backsliding in Florida.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. Some crazy things was happening with me and in me. And I remember I came to a point in my life. I was sobbing uncontrollably again on the floor because I met Jesus. I even if it was only for a short time a year and a half I met I knew who He was. I, was I was in his word, I was in his prayer, I was reading my Bible every day. I was loving it but then just something about Florida, an unfamiliar territory led me back to what I used to remember and uh, I remember I was crying on the floor and I was crying out to God and yelling and screaming and I can get loud when I yell and scream, especially in prayer and in frustration. And I was telling God,
0: I said, God, you're so good. Brother Monday's mowing the grass.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this is real right here. This is is real interviews right here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You can hear everything. This studio
1: is a massive warehouse, (laughs) by the way. But here am I in Florida on the floor crying, water running out of my eyes, snot out of my nose. It wasn't a pretty picture. But I'm telling God, God, I know you're so good. I read your word. You're so faithful that you would forgive me. If I repent, then I said, but I don't like repent because I cannot forgive myself. I said, God, you're so good. You can get anybody better than me. I'm not good at this. I'm not good at that. Find somebody else. And I remember I said this prayer, brother Austin. I told God, kill me. Listen, this is is not something. This is literal. I told God, literally, kill me because I ain't going to serve you again. And I started to live my life as such. And man, I was ugly in Fort Lauderdale. Mm. If you was around me over there, you'd you'd see the person I was. I was worse than the person I was when when I was in Hawaii living. I was bad, doing bad stuff. And I recall one day, we was doing drugs in my friend's apartment, three of us, and my body started to take a turn for the worse. And I instantly remember my prayer, kill me, and I can serve you again. So here in my Fort Lauderdale, Florida, in the apartment, My body is shaking and all my friends could do was laugh and say, ha ha, he cannot handle. That's a Hawaii thing. I don't know. It's a Polynesian thing. When you're doing something and then you get over your head, then you cannot handle. So that's one of the terms they was using. But little did they know I was dying and I knew it. And I was scared because I knew I was going to hell. So all of this was happening. My phone rings. And it's my wife who is my wife today because I only was married once amen hallelujah can I get an amen thank you for that amen brother Austin (laughs) and she's in Kailua Hawaii over 5,000 miles away time difference of six hours my phone rings I look down and it's her so I'm trying to pull myself together and pretend that my life is going well so I answer the phone I said hello and the first thing she says is I don't know but I feel like I gotta pray for you right now and I said okay pray and the first thing she says was, Devil, you get your hands off of him. This is God's property, not your property. And she started going down the line. And if you ever met my wife, she's very soft spoken. She's very she's not timid. She'll talk to you, but she's not very out there like me. We're we're our very opposites. I'm loud, she's soft. Uh, I'm dumb, she's anyways. You guys know what opposites is. And <laughs> she, then she goes. <laughs> she's laughing. <laughs> She's call, She called, and she started praying heaven down, man. It was unreal. And while she's praying, my body starts getting better and better and better. Wow. And by the time she says amen, I'm sober, and my body is regular and normal. I hang up the phone. I said, okay, thank you. Bye. Hang up the phone, and I'm in disbelief what just happened to me. Now, this is after I willingly sinned, wanted to sin. I gave up on God because he too good for me. God is so pure. God is so holy. And it's something that I could never get to because he said, be like me, holy. And the only thing I want was holy mole, <laughs> And that was my life. And you would think there would be a catalyst to turn to the Lord. But um, like the children of Israel, when things get good, we forget God. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, and that was pretty much it. Moved back to Hawaii in 06 got married in 07, and in 07, I rededicated my life back to the Lord again. So I got married, sober, and saved, all in the same month of March. <laughs> so you would say you shouldn't have went to Florida? I think Florida was a great growing experience. I, I don't know if I shouldn't or I should have, but uh, Romans 828 comes to mind. You know, So all of those things that did happen and all those things that I did experience, that I did experience, it really did help me for who I am now. Now, I'm not saying go out and willingly sin so you can find the grace of God. We read that Paul said, God forbid, but for somebody like me, um, it, it wasn't needed for me to see more of the Lord. And now that I have seen more of the Lord, <laughs> I'm still like the children of Israel. And I forget God when times are good, you know. And uh, there's so much things from 07 to now in 2022, the things that I've experienced in the Lord that has built built my hope in Him. But there's a lot of stuff. You know, when it comes to strategies and God working out ways and methods for me, to understand who God is, um, it was amazing the avenues that I had to go down, that I literally had to go down to find more of how real He is to me. Now, I know many people don't like hard times, but it's the hard things in life that make me realize God is God. So I, I don't right. really celebrate the successes and the, the good things in my life, although I love it. But it's the detriment, it's the peril that really get my eyes fixed on the Lord. And I'm one of those guys that if you only talk nice to me, I'm not learn. So I thank God for my pastor then back home, Pastor Wayne and Pastor Maxine Vera and the leaders of our church. They really can talk to me and speak my language because I hard it, and it takes... Um, a hard hand and a hard word for make me listen and change my ways. And I thank God for leadership like that. And throughout time, man, God has just been awesome. I have so much experience. I'd love to share about the goodness of God and how he worked. And you might not say it's a goodness, but uh, it was rough stuff that made me
0: see God well, from for o- who he is. from 07, when you came back to God, got saved again, until 2019... When you moved to Indiana, just fill in the blanks. Anything anything you'd like to say in, Big banks. in, in order, if possible.
1: So we um, went back to the beginning. My auntie was, this is the church my auntie went to, Greater Mount Zion Holiness Church in Haula. Of all the churches, I, I, I said I <laughs> With all the different churches Hawaii has to offer. You know what's funny? I got saved in Greater Mount Zion. There's churches in Hawaii that you can still um, intertwine culture, you mm-hmm. can intertwine alcohol, but just be moderate. But of all the churches that I first found the Lord in, it was a strict one, and I hated it. And I remember in the beginning, I was like, why I couldn't find a Hope Chapel? Why I couldn't find one of these weak sauce churches that, <laughs> that could that could make me still be me? And still enjoy things of the world. But no, I came to one of these churches where everything is wrong. And being Hawaiian is wrong. Like I'm Hawaiian. How can just me being Hawaiian is wrong in the cultures that we live by? And this is how God created us. But anyway, my auntie was in this church. I got saved in this church. And in 2008, the church became my church. As in ownership of land, her, my my wife... Her grandfather is the founder of our church. Our church got started in 1958 from him. He started his whole church to save his family. Then, from his family being saved, our community had chance. And therefore, the outsiders who wasn't in his mind, almost sound like the Bible, eh? how the Gentiles came in. He started the church for his family. Now, non-family people started coming to the church. And the church grew leaps and bounds. Even so much so, I'm here now in all 07. You know, all the way on the outside, marrying the granddaughter. That's her fault. Listen, church, don't ever go there and marry a worldly guy or girl. That's against, that's against the Bible. But I just thank God that he had grace on our marriage, and he saved our marriage. And then in 08, I became the owner of the property of Greater Mountain Zion. Still is the owner to this day. We're still trying to figure out how to get it to the church. Hawaii has a lot of legal issues, which is very irritating. That's what happened when you say this very blue, very blue liberal. And uh, I took over the property in 08. And in 09, problems hit my life because my name was on the property and not the name that was the name there since 1958. Mm. So can you imagine the things that happened to me from 09 um, for like 10 years? It was ugly for me. Well, not 10 years. Maybe at least six years from 09 to 2015 wasn't easy. And it was a lot of struggle. A lot of people hated me. A lot of things was my fault. And I I used the church as an identity of God. So if I hated the church, I hated God. And I did. And I used, to, I used to complain and say, why did I get saved? My life was better before I came to church. Now that I come to church and I'm trying to be better, the better people and the nice people and the righteous people is irritating and fake. And I hate them just as much as they hate me so in in those years my marriage took a a turn for the worse and we had some ugly ugly fights me and my wife and I'm not a public guy when it comes to that kind of stuff So I'm very public about the Lord being in my life and I like to be that example but when I have problems and stuff nobody would know I'm very um, protective of that of our personal business. So even when we would fight, we would get in our car and drive, drive off and just yell in the car so nobody can hear us fighting. I'm very private like that. People, you should learn this from me. Be private in your fights. Let nobody know. It's between you and your family. But I remember one night we was on the road fighting and I, I had enough. I was enough of church. I saw myself going back into the world and being divorced from my wife. So I remember I was driving in in our city right next to our town in Hawaii, on the main highway, and I braked real hard, stopped in the middle of the road, almost caused accidents, and I left my car there, and I was yelling at my wife. I said, I'm done. Get out of here, I'm done. I'm done with you, and I'm done at the church. I'm going back to my old ways. And I'm walking in the side roads in La'ie, and um, the history of holding in La'ie, They hated each other just because he was from La'ie and I was from Ha'ula. And that was the history that I remember. So when I was walking through La'ie, all I wanted to do was get into a tussle. i just mad. I just got to release this anger. And while I'm walking through the streets, being as mad as I can be, I feel the Lord trying to talk to me and get into my heart. And I'm screaming in the middle of the road, Leave me alone! I hate everybody! Let me be mad! And the... And the Lord will try and get in my heart. And I'll feel him trying to get in. And I'm telling him, leave me alone. I just like be mad. Leave me alone. Leave me with my anger. If you love me, leave me alone. I <laughs> hey, look, probably look like a nut. <laughs> you know, walking through the streets, yelling at night. People in the houses looking out their windows. And I'm just screaming. And I remember the wind blew. Just whew, And the trees started to move. These coconut trees. And then I heard a small voice say, "The tree praising me." And I was like, "God, leave me alone." The stars started to shine a brightness that I've never seen in my life. Even to this day, it was like lasers from the from the sky just shooting down at me. And I, I heard the voice again, even the stars praising me. And me, I started to get more mad. I was like, just leave me alone, God. The clouds moved. And the moon came behind the clouds. And this moon started for shoot me with these lasers. Now, mind you, <laughs> the only drug I was on was anger. That was the <laughs> only thing on my heart at this time. This is after church, too, on a Wednesday night. And this and this this moon started for like shoot this beams. Like it was beautiful. And he said, the moon praising me. And at the same time, the ocean started for crash on the on the shore, and I could hear him from the distance, from where I was, and I could hear was and then I heard the Lord say, even though, ocean praising me, and then at that time, everything simultaneously was like this big orchestra of of atmosphere. You got the wind, you got the stars, you got the moon, you got the trees, and the ocean all at once, and I was surrounded by this loud praise that I couldn't out. Outrun, and I remember it. It shocked me. In my, I stood still and I started for Christ. Said, "God, help me!" And man, it, it's hard to explain. Like, listen, listeners, the wind blowing, whoosh, the trees, the ocean, the stars, the moon at the same time started to make this loud noise that I couldn't run away from. That caused me to stay still. And finally, I found somebody walking on the street. I already was done being mad. I'm already crying. So I asked this stranger walking by, can I use your phone? Call my wife to come pick me up on this side street. We don't say nothing in the car. We drive all the way home. I'm crying out of my eyes. Uh, Because you cannot cry out of your ears. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That's illogical. But there's a chair that I have in my room, in my house. Would be my praying chair, my meditation chair. So I sat there and all I told my wife at that time was bring my Bible and I recall man I just opened up my Bible in the middle of the if you open your Bible in the middle you get to Psalms automatically it turns to Psalms and lo and behold Psalms 19 and I just started to read and I still remember this about the firmament praising His name it's the first time I ever read Psalms 19 and before I read Psalms 19 I just experienced it in such a way my anger was so I still remember man I I saw myself giving up. I saw myself getting out of church because I just couldn't just comprehend how church people can be like this. Talking about hurts and stuff. And the Lord still came by that one day in the room when I was dying, when I told him, leave me alone, he showed up. He showed up with the atmosphere praising his name. I'm telling you, if you could experience what I experienced, I experienced God's greatness in ways that you wouldn't think so. But it was almost like a Paul thing, you know, Saul thing. On the road to Damascus, he showed up when he wanted to do displeasure to the church. And I had that moment. And the Lord still found it fit for to talk to me and show me how great he is. And this and things started for raw in ways in my life. My hair, I had long hair. I had earrings still. And I remember the Lord started dealing with me. Cut my hair. The Lord, the Lord Hey, listen, listeners, the Lord dealt with me. Cut my hair, and I did. Take off my earrings, I did. Stopped getting tattoos, and I did. The pastor hated me, and I hated him. And I remember the Lord told me one time, give him the Holy Ghost handshake. And I was like, nah, I'm going to give him nothing. He didn't deserve nothing. And then the Lord never leave me alone. Go give him that money. Tell him, go buy him lunch on you. And it was only $20 for go buy buy my plate lunch in Hawaii. So I remember after service, I was obedient to that voice reluctantly. I didn't want to. I really didn't want to give the pastor money. So I went, I went up to him. I shook his hand and says, Pastor, go. Go get one plate lunch on me. He looked at me with the biggest smile. Like, thank you. And when I was walking away, I was like, what's happening in my body? You know? <laughs> So from $20 went to $50, went to $100, and I remember one time these evangelists came to Hawaii and I was blessed by their word and the Lord said, so, $1,000 to the ministry. <laughs> and I was like, speak again God, 1000 I don't know, even 1000 so I tell my wife, I said, baby, the Lord just told me, we got to give them $1,000, and she says, obey the Lord. She didn't say 1000 you know we can do it 1000 Man, if you guys don't know this, man, my wife is the best wife in the world. That's right. My wife is even better than this host's wife, both of them, greater than them. My wife is the best this <laughs> earth. So we did. We sold thousand. So now the Lord is taking me step by step how to be obedient in the smallest, in the smallest things that He's given us to do. Cut my hair, I did. Earrings, I did. Took them out. Stop getting tattoos, I did. Giving money, I do. Sacrificially giving, I do. So I remember in 2018, he said, Now move all off the property, the church property in Haula, and let the pastors move in the house that's there. And he said, When you move off the property, I'll open doors for you. So I told my wife, I said, Baby, the Lord said, we got to move off the property and let the pastors move on. Then he'll open doors for us, for our evangelizing. She says, Okay. I call my pastor. I said, Pastor, is what the Lord and show me. He said, we got to move out, and you guys got to move in. And even my pastor said, oh, please don't do that. I said, pastor, as much as I would listen to you, I got to listen to the Lord. So we moved out of our house in 2018. My pastor and I move in. And um, man, the Lord opened doors for us. We started preaching in the islands, on every island, almost every island, going all around our own island. And we had the opportunity of rebuilding the um, Sister churches that just lost fellowship throughout the years. And we was the bridge now. Bringing them back into fellowship. And we was the door. And, and the Lord was using us to rekindle all of these old relationships. And people that I didn't know. But my wife did. So when they saw my wife. They lit up and smiled. Like oh the Welch. She's the Welch girl. And this and that. And uh, we had the opportunity of doing that. Fast forward a year. Um, we, uh, we are in. The minister's conference in Tennessee. There's some pastors that came down to Hawaii and invited us to come out to it. Mm-hmm. And then I remember Pastor Jimmy Milliken, he was preaching a word. And the word was, what's in it for me? And he went down the line about things that they had to do and what God did in their life that he didn't understand. But anyway, one of them was about giving up their property. We went back home. The Lord started dealing with me about he like us to move and forego our evangelizing full time. And I said, nope. And I canceled out God. And this is February of 2019. And I said, nope. I'm not like, listen, I'm already busy. We're doing youth stuff. We've been orchestrating a, a big youth thing in the islands. And all different youth was coming to our church for our camp meetings that we was having, that we was orchestrating. And God was using us. We wasn't lazy. We was busy. Hands to the plow. We walked side by side with our pastors. We was busy in ministry in our church. So I said, nope. And I started to shut God out. And then God started picking on my wife my wife would wake up crying and she said the Lord showed me we got to get going we got to get going I said no we ain't going nowhere we staying right here we busy we love the Lord I love my pastors I love my church we ain't going nowhere and he started dealing with my wife more and more and my wife couldn't handle and and was getting to the point where you preachers know when it starts messing with your gut that feeling and it's not going to subside until you fulfill what the Lord is telling you to do so I remember one day here I am crying again That's right. Crying my eyes out in my closet in my house where we moved to. And I was yelling to God. I said, God, I don't like move. I said, but if you like us move. (laughs) This is how I talk to God. (laughs) Forgive me. This is how I talk to God because I'm mad. If you like us move, if you like us move, then show my pastor. I ain't going if my pastor don't know about it. So I'm going to go to church tonight. And if he say no, we ain't going nowhere. No, I'm yelling in my was crying because I don't like move. We go to church after service. I ask if I can talk to my pastors. We go on the side, him and his wife, me and my wife, and then ask him a question. And this is in April of 2019. I said, Pastor, please be honest with me. I said, did God show you us moving, us doing this full time and not in Hawaii anymore? And he said, he did. Oh, me and my wife started for cry instantly because we knew now. I remember God said, cut my hair. I did because I knew that was him. And all of these things, give money, move off the house, move off the property. I knew that was the Lord saying this.
0: Did he say you had to go bald too? <laughs>
1: the only reason why I went bald because I'm <laughs> one of those guys who recedes and I cannot handle having that horseshoe on the top of my head. So for all you guys with the horseshoe cut out there, hey, listen, just bury your pride. And cut it off because it looks funny on you. And I love unison. <laughs> and that's how, my friend, I went bold. <laughs> man, I was so sad though when he said he did. Sad, sad, sad because now we don't know where we're going. We know we got to move. Where to? Was Ohio a pick? Not at all. Ohio wasn't even in the prayer list. There was two states we was praying oh, for man. hard. You don't even know what you're missing. Oh, now I do. <laughs> But uh, was Colorado because I had this, I had this infatuation with um, snowboarding up at the Colorado Rockies. You know, <laughs> I figured it, it's not that different from surfing. I, I know how to do that. And Texas because I heard about the barbecue, and uh, you know, I like eating. So, and lo and behold, we moved here August 2019. So the Lord spoke to my pastor. My pastor confirmed it in April of 2019. And we've been praying well, well, well. And then we got on the plane, we ended up in Ohio, 29, August of 2019.
0: And the rest is history. So now you're, you've are you been here for roughly three Almost years. Almost three years, yeah. Three years. Three long, You've been long going years. to PHT, which is Pentecostal Holiness Tabernacle, mm-hmm. Pastor David Miller. So you've been coming here for practically the whole time, but you're not here all the time. No, we're, we're gone a lot. Yep. So you go out and preach around and... I guess tell your testimony and sing and try our best to do our best. I mean, see the see what the country has to offer and all its great sides.
1: I tell you this: when you're born and raised in Hawaii, there's this hatred you you kind of almost inherit. It's 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 in it's in you from your parents and your grandparents about hating America. Now, when you know the history of who we are and what we came from, um, then you could kind of understand. Um, our people's feelings for America so when I came I I'm not gonna say it's there in me I don't have that but sometimes it's residual that people make me remember what we used to hate about America you know don't hold it against me now guys but with all the places we've been through driving through the state state to state and other people we dealt with we've only dealt with people no short of amazing man great Americans great people great Christians and it's such an honor to meet everyone yeah. from, from all over the, the country. And I heard this one pastor from California, he said it like this, he said, you know, all of these places all over the country, it's just, it's just little pockets of faith here and there scattered abroad. And I love that idea of churches and people, just little pockets of
0: faith, you know, driving through, you find another pocket of faith. So evangelist to evangelist, we've both preached up and down California. We've both preached all over Virginia. We've both been to Florida and everywhere in between. God's got amazing people all over this country. Amazing. Amazing churches. Yeah. Amazing people. And it never ceases to amaze me how much that people do love evangelists. They do. I mean, they take care of us. Yeah. It's mean, it's amazing what how God uses his people as well. What gets me is people's the
1: stereotypes that they have out there of church folk. Now you might run into those that thwart the grace of God and thwart the word, but they' are minimal in comparison to the majority of those who really love the Lord right. past race and past color and and sometimes it it frustrates me when people still use color and race as bait to say this and that about certain people in certain churches. No, that's just that one guy you met. Don't don't generalize the whole church. Now I'm telling you this as a Hawaiian, brown Hawaiian, that traveling all around, that nobody usually uses that against me. You know what I'm saying? And if there was a I've been put in a corner of POC, people of color. And I don't mind. But I don't feel it traveling. We've been everywhere. People say don't go to this state, this state, this state is racist might be true, but I haven't ran into any of them. And uh, sometimes I look forward to it, you know. I-, I like to see what would happen. In fact, funny story, at the minister's conference in 2019, uh, no, yeah, 2019, we went down to this place called Mellow Mushroom, mm. and everybody was there after the service, and we wasn't served. Good pizza. I, I don't know. We wasn't served. We are sitting with everybody, but they just refused to take our order. So, yeah. everybody got their drinks. Everybody got their appetizers. So, I went up to one of the, the waitress who was serving our area, which was only us, by the way. It was only us. I said, excuse me, are you going to serve us? And then she goes, oh, are you with them? I was like, does it matter if I'm with them or not? Are you going to serve us? And she didn't talk to me. And uh, that's the first time I ever wow. felt discriminated. That's crazy. Crazy. And we was with... um. Was with the cornets and some other people that was with us, and and she saw our frustration, and she saw saw that we wasn't getting our orders taken. Then people came on and said, "I'm so sorry. What can we get you?" And I was already done. I was livid, and I'm usually when things like this happen, I usually voice my opinion these, these are the moments I live for you know these are the moments why I started to show myself approved in word and in law I try my best so when things like this happen I can be ready to confront you with truth not opinion I'm not I try not my best not to be opinionated but to bring forth facts and at this moment man I I just didn't have it in me to bring forth facts all I wanted for bring out was the old Quentin and how dare you how dare you have the nerve so we left that place And um, I remember Sister Missy and Brother Doug Cornette, they felt bad for us. They said, we're so sorry. We've never seen this ever happen before. I said, "Yeah, it's all all good. Anyway, funny story. The next night, we went out to Denny's, and uh, our waiter was black. And um, now the the white people didn't get their orders or their drinks, and me and my wife already was done eating. (laughs) I was like, all right. My, 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 Huddle. tables have turned. <laughs> of course, at Denny's. So I don't know how mellow mushroom tastes. I haven't eaten there, nor did we go back because of that experience that we had um, dealing with discrimination. But besides that, that's the only time
0: ever that ever that happened to us. And it uh, was, was good. I, I liked it. So I guess the last question I have before we get off here is, so you were born and raised in Hawaii, Greater Zion Church. Where, where was the bridge? Where did that start? The bridge, the connection between um, our movement, I guess you could say, and you all there on the islands. Where how? Where did – because now, you know, a bunch of the Hawaiian folks have came to Camp Meeting. I've came here through the years, and a big group of them come and sing, and we just have fun and worship and awesome people. I've been privileged to hear Brother Wayne preach and uh, s- several times, actually. I heard him in Flatwoods, Kentucky one time. I've heard him here a time or two. Yeah, yeah And, yeah. you know, just great folks you have down there. I'm privileged to be able to meet a good number of them. Now, Kelly, my wife, and Zach, the other host of this podcast, yeah. got to come down to y'all's camp meeting. And my father-in-law, my pastor, and his wife came down and preached in the meeting. And I've not been privileged enough to come down yet. But where where'd the bridge start? Man, it, it, it's amazing.
1: I'm not going to say Hawaiian people by, by naturally we're racist. But we are apprehensive when it comes to other races who are not like us, especially if you're white. But the legend says that um, battle dog had a call for come to Hawaii. And everybody was laughing like, oh, yeah, Hawaii. But anyway, he ended up in our church. Nobody knew him. He never knew us. And during service, after service, the bishop at that, that time, Bishop Lyons Welch, he said, the Lord told me you have a testimony to share with our church. Stand up and give your testimony. And that's when he started to share about his accident and how God saved him from his accident. He didn't notice, but we had an elder in our church at that time who
0: That was Brother reading,
1: Doug Cornett. Yeah, Brother Doug Cornett. He, he loves riding his motorcycle to church. One Sunday morning... A van crossed over the line, ran him over,
0: mm.
1: and uh, his 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 testimony that Brother Doug gave was almost like a reenactment of what just happened to one of the elders on our church. He died three times, and he, at this time in his life he was just very discouraged. Mm-hmm. So here, Brother Doug shares his testimony, and then you see our elder kind of liven up like, "What? I just went through? Wow!" So it was amazing he got to pray for our Elder Turner at that time and and that is how it all started. So Brother Doug started talking with the second pastor, Bishop Lyons, Welch, and they kind of formulated um, his plans for opening up camp meeting in, in the islands if he could use the facilities in Haula. And that's how it started. You can use the facilities. We'll let you use it in whatever you need for running your meetings. So and that's how it all started from Brother Doug, from Brother Doug and Sister Missy. We met everybody that you could think of in the movement. Your father-in-law came down, and um, he's he known for his skip that he had in our church. <laughs> I don't think anybody forget, um, remembers his word, but nobody's going to forget his skip. Man, he did this thing. He was floating in the air. It was, was amazing. And that's why we met a lot of people. Fast forward, I, I don't know how long they've been coming down for, about 15, 16 years. Wow. So we literally saw Chelsea and Dakota, And Caleb grow Mm -hmm. from coming to Hawaii to who they are now. So I used to tease Jairus all the time. I said, Jairus, you know, I just want to let you know about Jairus Dodson. I said, "Uh, your wife, she loves you. She chose you because she had options. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) She's been everywhere and she chose you. That says something.
0: So that's a pretty awesome story. And that's how it all started, yeah. How God would put put Brother Doug and then of course automatically brother Brother David Miller and just No people all over the
1: country. Now, Brother Doug, please don't hate me when I say this. When Bishop Miller first came over to the islands, because he didn't want to fly at all, he has a his whole aura about himself is to the T. The founder of our church. So everybody's to love Brother Dog. I mean, we still love you, we still love you, Brother Doug. But when Bishop Miller came over the first time he came, everything about him, the way he touches hair, the way he keeps himself, the, the way he talks to the oldest and the youngest person in the church was to the T, her pop, my wife's grandfather. So everybody was in awe, like he's the white version. <coughs> of the founder of our church Wow, nobody remembers anything he says the first time he came all he was was the pastor of our church everything about him and that's when brother Doug's name dropped down <laughs> and Bishop Miller's name came on top and we didn't know that um Bishop Miller was brother Doug's pastor mm-hmm. so he was running everything through brother Doug like, hey, can he do this and can he do that and he was like, "You don't have to ask him for anything. <laughs> he doesn't tell me what to do. I tell him what to do." <laughs> and and that was the beginning of meeting him. So every time he comes on, I, I tell you, our church loved the cornets. Don't get me wrong, but man, they loved they loved Bishop Miller and Sister Miller a lot. And and a lot of people that came down. But then, so when we came here, it, it was a it was an easy fit for us because we loved you when you came down, and you love us too. And I'm um, so, yeah. The rest is history. And now look, now we're sitting down talking stories with you, going around wherever the Lord, open the doors, and we go anywhere for anybody at any time. And that's pretty much the, the theme of our ministry for me and my wife. That's our prayer when we left the islands. Our prayer was and still is wherever, whenever, for whoever
0: send us, Lord. Mm-hmm. And he is. Yeah. Yes, sir. Wonderful testimony. We appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Thanks for sharing everything you had to say, and do you have any closing remarks? Yeah, listen.
1: If if you lose subscribers because of this interview, I told you so. <laughs> yeah, but did. mahalo, mahalo, and God bless you all, everybody. And just FYI, mahalo mean thank you. ho, goodbye.
0: All right. Thank you, Brother Quentin, for coming on. All that you've said, I appreciate it. Does this sound awesome. familiar?
1: That's the one right there.
0: You gonna translate for us?
1: Oh yes, this is an easy song. This is just a closer walk with me, but in Hawaiian. Go ahead. This is the jam right there. Maybe the next time, we'll do a little live jam sesh. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's the jam. Anyways, guys. Aloha
0: we'll see you later